Shalom Aleichem, Allah Yiddish, Kinder, welcome. Good morning. Today's Friday, and it's Chamish Yom and Bechei It's the fifth day in the month of Elul. And of course, we're saying three kapitlach, and we're saying Udav Deshamoyri, and we're blowing Shoifer. And uh, we're making a cheshben, and we're doing tshuva, and above all of that, and before all of that, and in all of that, and after all of that, the king is in the field. The Malach is Basada. Which means, like our Maimed is teaching us, the third covenant is a covenant with Meshach Rabbeinu for tshuva, and the meaning of the covenant for tshuva is yidach nidach. No Jew will be left behind. Even if in Zman and in Makkim we violate, higher than Zman and higher than Makkim, we can correct the violation and bring that correction into Zman and Makkim, but it's considered higher than the world. So the king in the field gives context to our entire relationship with Hashem. And it says we have a relationship based on our effort and our work, which is being embraced by what our mind is calling a covenant, which means we're in no matter what, and now we have to not be fools and be in like defiant, spoiled children, but rather we should be in by responsible partnering children. We should act like Atam Kriyim Odom Odom Adam Elyin created an image of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. That divine image should be, to some extent at least, manifest through us and in us, in our actions. So here's a second class on this mime. And I originally planned to do it in two, and I decided it makes sense. Instead of having a class that's an hour and a half long, we're going to have a, a shorter classes, which will be easier for people to follow. So I'm dividing it up into three. Um, our Maimit is about three ideas and three covenants, which are predicated on a fourth idea and a fourth covenant, as I explained to you in the introduction, and we're going to get to in the next class. The three ideas are called Zichoch Kloli Ba'olam, the purification of the world as a whole, but in general. And then there is a specific phenomena connected to Eretz Yisrael and Teres Yisrael and Mitzvah Yisrael, or Eretz Hashem and Teres Hashem and Mitzvah Hashem. And the third is for Tshuva. And of course, along with each one of these three ideas, there's a covenant. The Mabel Wazichach Elam Kloli, and then the Ebbish made a covenant that it's going to stay that way. Eretz, the gift of Eretz of the land of Israel, which is connected to Hitler Mitzvahs. I guess you could call it Azichuch Eretz Prati, specifically about Eretz Yisrael and Teda and Mitzvahs. And then there's a covenant attached to that that it's going to be forever. And lastly, you have the union of Tshuva, and then of course Tshuva also is connected to a covenant. So the Rebbe starts now, paid a Gimel, on the bottom of page, in Samachay, will be a Inyan Ba'avedes Adam. I want to explain this to you in Avoidah. What does it mean in worship? What does it mean in our Avodah Hashem that there is a general purification of the world or the world is purified in general? There's a specific focus on Eretz Yisrael which is connected to Teda and Mitzvahs and then there is Tshuva. So start from the beginning. Okay, What's, what's unique about the Kirtan Bishav Nayach? 
What's unique about the Kishish Bish of Neich is that we don't do anything, right? The Kishish Bish of Teir and Mitzvahs is we learn Teir and do Mitzvahs. The Kishish Bish of Tshuva is that we do Tshuva. He provides the opportunity for it, but we do it. The Kishish Bish of Neich is a consequence of a divine act. Hashem washed away the old world. And in this moment, we're not focusing on what He destroyed. We're focusing rather instead on what he created consequently, a purer world. And then he promised Noyach that he's going to keep it that way. Right? So Noyach's, Noah's, what was Noyach's participation? That he built a teva, that he collected the animal and into the teva, that he brought the carbonus after the mabel, perhaps. But by and large, Hashem brought a good correction to the world and he promises to keep it that way. Teir and Mitzvah, Hashem singled out one part of the world, one nation in the world, and He gave them a series of behaviors, a way of life, Teir and Mitzvah, connected to Eret Yisrael and Bnei Yisrael, and He made a covenant for that as well. But here, we're expected to do something. So when the Rebbe says, to explain in Avedis HaOdom, these three covenants, the first of the three, which is the covenant with Nayach, should be something in Avedis HaShem, just like the covenant with Nayak, where we're barely doing something. It's mostly Hashem. How that reflects itself in Avedis Hashem. And look how the Rebbe explains it. Hashem purified the world and then He promised Nayak He's going to keep it. Hashem chose a Jew and He promised He's going to keep it. Listen. The service that Kodesh Baruch which is similar to the covenant with Nayak, as Avedis the Medani, it's like the Indian Medani. What is Medani? Shemiyad, the Kumishi Nasi. As soon as the person wakes up, Amiri says, Medani lefanecha chulurabba munasach. That Hashem took my neshama, exhausted, like he says in Shulchan Aruch, and he gave it back to me refreshed and renewed. And he kept his word, right? He took up a cotton, he took something that he had to safe keep for me, and he returned it to me. He gave it back. The base, Hashin, and Hashem, when a person sleeps, the neshama goes up. And from the perspective of the neshama, it's getting life. But from the perspective of the guf, as far as the body is concerned, what happens to the body? Number one is so the life that's left is called a trace of life. Right? 59 out of 60 parts of life remains in the guf, but at the same time it's called kista, a trace of life. And, that the, the, and moreover, because of the fact that we slept, during the night, Tumah comes over the whole person. As soon as the Nishama comes back into the Guf, the, the life pushes the Tumah out, but it stays on the tips of the fingers, which is why you have to have Natilas Yadayim. Through those tips of the fingers, Klippa can have a hold on a person. So the condition of a person when he wakes up in the morning is, that there's tumma on his fingers and he hasn't washed his hands yet he hasn't done anything nevertheless as soon as he awakens the only place where the neshama is is in his nose it's not yet radiated to the whole body the neshama is only here and he hasn't done an avoid of davening and learning to radiate to affect that the neshama should fill the arms and the legs and the fingers and the toes. He hasn't watched his hand. He hasn't said He says, Ki. And the reason is, In as much as he's a Jewish body, a Jewish body. 
Mizer Avram Yitzchak be Yankov from the seed of Avram Yitzchak ben Yankov, and the Rebbe says Sheshayna mehaguf shol ein a Yehudi, which is different than the body of a non-Jew. And you look in footnote forty-five, and you see the controversy here. In Tanya Perek Mem Tesset says Doime bechumer Yosef the Guf of Yemesaylam. It's very similar to the Guf of a Goy. That's why the Atav Echatani is in the Guf and not in the Neshama. But in Perek Vav in Tanya it says that the Guf of an Eni Yehudi comes from Shalosh Kibbutz at Meis Lagamri. And the goof of Yitzchak comes from Klipas Neiger. Now, parenthesis, a guy who's Makayim Sheva Mitzvah Neneach, who was called Chastidium Eselam or Ger Teishav or Ben Neiach, his goof is also from Klipas Neiger. So you got to figure that out. But in this footnote, the Rebbe makes reference to the two sides of this issue. It's not the Rebbe. The Rebbe. It's a built-in Mogad Tumah. They might see him later. But here, the Rebbe asserts that the body of a Jew is different than the body of another non-Jew. In a different place, it'll say exactly the opposite. But as far as our Maimed is concerned, the body of a Jew is different than the body of a non-Jew, not because it's physiologically different, but because Hashem made it different. Adam and Chava Zaveda, Chava Zaveda, Adam Zaveda brought into the world Shmutz, which filled every aspect of creation. By Matan it was removed. By Chata Egel it was brought back. But it says in Sfarim that by Yidin, even after it was brought back, it's different than how it was earlier. The Zuam on the Guf of a Yid, after Matan even after Chata Egel, is different than the Zuam that was brought back to the rest of the world. So therefore, the body of a Jew is distinct from the body of a non-Jew in some metaphysical way, in some ruchniistic way. But when you say the body of a Jew is different than the body of a non-Jew in some metaphysical way, you mean that the difference is in the body, not in the neshama. It's a different goof. Hine, because of this, you've done nothing to prepare yourself for your relationship with Hashem. You submit. Why? Go back to the Kisus Bris of Neich is what a Jew's body has an aspect that makes it different than a non-Jew's body by Hashem's actions before we do anything and it empowers us to say Meida'ani Meida'ani is the actionable side of the fact that there's something about us which is special which is not about us but about God it's a basic submission when a person says Meida'ani what is he saying? He's saying, this is true, that's all. This is true. He doesn't know himself why. He may not even feel like he agrees with it, but he states, this is true. That's Maidani. In other words, just like Jesus Bizdaneich has a zikha kloli ba'elam, the zikha kloli in the goof of a yid allows him to say Maidani. Mikoma kamadei zeido klolis, it's a general, sub, it's a basic submission, shechedet, as it's called mitzah yusei, and the Rebbe says in Yiddish, as nentim durchen ganzen, the whole person is changed by this attitude of submission. And as a consequence of the Jews submitting and saying, this is true, it happens. And the way you have to understand this, it happens to the person. That as a result of the Meidani, you have to understand that in Hebrew, in Diktok, in Peter Shamilis, the Rebbe brings the three words and I'm imagining that there's a source for this in Hasidus in footnote 47 that says that the three words are already the, the payback 
Because in the first words of Meidani, Meidani we're submitting to Hashem, we're accepting that it's true. Taylor's Emes, the Abish's Emes, Ayid's Emes, the Neshama's Emes, and the Abish should give it back to me. The schar of that Meidani is these three words, Bechem Munasecha, which is two things. Number one, Chapel Ribi the recitation of these first words of Meidani affects in the person much emuna, rabbi emuna sech. And emuna means faith, and emuna means trust. Emuna means the Ebesh is reliable, I can rely on him. And number two, v'hamshacha ba'elam, that this trust, this, this fact that the Ebesh is reliable, or this fact that I trust him, comes into the world. V'nimtza, as a result, it comes out, shahabitl de Meidani, that when a person says Meidani laying in bed, the only preparation that he has is that he's Ishithrol Mizar Avram Yitzhav That's it. But that's enough to allow him to say Meidani. Shubeifen Shadal Klolos Bilvad, who bedugma Zakis has brizd the Neach because Pavla Zichah Klolos Beelam. Just like the covenant with Neach is a is a is a pact on the Mabels being a purification of the world as a whole. The Jew saying Meidani is an assertion of the pact. That is a zikhah kloli in the person. The whole person is refined in general. So let's say that the mabal itself is like the Abish's choice in the Yitzguf. And the recitation of Meidani would be like the covenant that the Abish then makes afterwards that this is special. So this is the avoid of Meidani, which parallels the Indian of the mabal. And now we move on. What is the avoida of the Krisis Bris of Avraham Avinu? And of course, the Krisis Bris of Avinu is for Eretz, specifically Israel versus the whole Eretz Israel versus the whole world. And of course, he immediately connects it to Tate and Mitzvahs. Amlam, however, Habitl de Meidani, Shibidugma Zakrisis Bris de Neach, the Bitl of Meidani, which is like the covenant with Neach. The person doesn't do anything. It's all him. He chose us, he made us different. The goof of Yehudi is different than the goof of Eine Yehudi. And it allows us to say Meidani, Shein, Yenabachir, the fact that Hashem chose the Jewish people. Eine Tal has nothing to do with Limut HaTeder Bekeim HaMitzvahs. Kimiyad, Mat, Beis, Mat, and Tater, Bachar HaKadosh, Baruch HaVishol, as soon as He gave us that He chose us. And the Bechir is before the Nesina Satera. Atta Bechatonu is separate from the fact that we have an obligation to Tater HaMitzvahs. Kameisha Kosuk, Yankiv, Bachalei Koh. Nebmeshechelek HaDishamameh. Now this is a good answer, right? Why did Hashem choose us? Because Rachelik Hashem Ami. When did that happen? Maybe that's the fourth bris. Omitzad bechidazu because of this choice. Every Jew is in a position that is able to say Meidani, because the Abish to chose him, and the fact that the Abish to chose him is not about who we are; it's about what the Abish to chose, and the reaction to it is the Meidani. Meidani is the expression of this choice in the goof of the Yid, which is very similar to the Kisus Bris of Neach. So just like by Kisus Bris of Neach, Hashem did all the work. It's tragic. He made a mabel, destroyed the old world, created the possibility for the new. And the new world was a better world. It was Eilam Mezuchach Ba'ifan Klali. So he covenant, he promised that this is the word that's going to stick with. He's never going to change it again. Finished. Done. This is established. And in Avoidah, it's the choice of Hashem in the goof of a Yid, which is not conditional on anything the Yid does, and the whole expression of the Yid, as a result of this, is made Ani, and the Rebbe argues made Ani changes us completely. Ah, however, the Achara the Meidani, the Meidani is finished. 
davening happens, right? You know, I've told this to my students many, many times. It says in the Sikh of the Rebbe, in Yonah Shoter Sachasidis, which is referenced in footnote 47, that Meidani is Yechida, Kolatum, the Shabbat Elam, Kenner Thomas, and the Meidani from Ayidin, etc., 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 based on the whole Shturim. So you can ask a push to Kasha. If you're in bed, and you're saying Meidani, and your Yechida is revealed, why would you get out of bed? You're going away from Yechida to lower levels of the Neshama. And of course, there's two answers to that question. The first answer to that question is because the Yerushim wants you to. And the second answer to that question is because the Yechida of laying in bed is an instant. Miyach and Eir Mishinosei, as the Rebbe says in Tehillus Nunbeis, is even higher than Yechida. Then the Meidani is Yechida. If you stay in bed an extra second, now it's nothing. The Yechida moment is a Yechida moment, but it's a moment. And after that, it becomes nothing. So you have to start engaging. Engaging means it's, no, it's not as pure as the Meidani, but it's much more internal and much more proactive. And that's the case of Bishav Avram, that our relationship with Hashem is not just what He chose and what He gave, it's what we need to do to establish and to maintain and to nurture the relationship. Shehi has cholas avedas hayem, which is the way we begin our day with davening. Kemayim, like it says in the Gemara, Abba bin Yomin used to say, as soon as I get up in the morning, I should daven. In other words, I go straight from my bed and my maidani to my connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in davening, and then first you daven, then you learn, then you go to work. And the reason you start today with davening, because davening is called Malmata Lamaila, our effort of connecting to Hashem, like in Elo, Anila Dei Diva Dei Dili. Vinyanahu Sulam, it's a ladder. You start at the bottom and you gradually climb. And this is already the avoider of the Kritzis Bishop of Ramavinu. And of course, the key difference between Meidaani and Tefillah is the, the following words. Yet, Sulamuts of Arza, Vereisha, Magia, Hashemaimo. Translates the Rebbe, Shazeho, this is something, Shabo, Ayede, Avoide, Yedafka. It happens through work, it happens through toil. It doesn't happen by itself. And that's the difference between his dachos ha'olam kloli, which sort of the does, and all we're doing in avoid the terms of saying meidani, and then the bechira in edits, which means edits Yisrael and teiru mitzvahs, which are much more personal, much more individual, which requires avoid. And that's the tight sulu, mutzavar, severeisha, megiyash, of course that's the idea of davening, right? In Hasidus we're taught, the Torah is a light that comes from heaven to earth. Mitzvahs are candles, for lack of words, that come from heaven to earth. The fire comes from the Eivishter, the wick and the fuel of the cup we bring, but it comes from the Eivishter ultimately. And Avoidat fill is all us. The definition of davening is creating a relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu from the bottom to the top. So the Rebbe says, and this is why it's the beginning of the day, right? After Meidani, which is a reaction to this dachos clause which the Ebishter provides by the Atavachatonu that we talked about a minute ago, immediately comes the effort that a person has to make, and this is Avedis Hatfil. The Kshem Shebegashmi is just like physically, if one wishes to climb a ladder. Sadakhli Ageyasasmi has to exert himself. Ulitapes, which means to, cl- to, cl- to clatter. Kletterin, to clatter, to, 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 to stumble up. Mishliva, Mishliva from one wrong to another, this is also true spiritually, that in Aved, that's how Tefillah, we're creating a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch, which is coming from us to Him. One must toil with Himself, until He reaches and touches, to the level of the head of the ladder touches the heavens. And of course, you know, it says in the Bible, 
that Tzulam, which of Arza, with a hay, is there's no edits lower than it. With an extra hay, there's no Shemaim higher than it. And the Yid, even when he's working on his own, if he does the Avod the way he should be, is able to climb from the lowest earth to the highest heaven. And the Rebbe continues, and he says, this kind of Avod, which is Avod Satfilet, Bedug, Masakris, Beste Avram, it's the Avod equivalent of Avram Avinu's covenant. That we explained before this goes on Eretz Yisrael, and on Teira, and on Mitzvah, Shal the way the Teda reaches us is through work and through toil. And he explains the Avsha Teda Milmaila, even though the whole idea of Teda, right? And to put in words, in contrast to Tfila, is that Nasan Lana was Teda, say, Nesena Teda, the Teda is a gift from heaven to earth, as opposed to Tfila, which is climbing from the bottom to the top. Nakomo comes still, it says in the Mishnah, Haskein Atzma Cholil Me Teda, Sheni Yerushalach Teda, doesn't fly into your head automatically. A person acquires it, a person makes it his own through labor and through toil. Kedu, as it's well known, Shotei Denim Shalalechem, Teda is compared to bread. Ukshem Shalalechem, by day year, just like bread. Only through effort does a person acquire it, which because of the Prosik says, Bezeas Apechatech Alechem, it's not enough to work. You have to work until you perspire, like it says in the Siddur. But after you may people pray a great price for a shtikel of bread, for a piece of bread, one has to exert himself in toil. Actually, it will reach a status of the beginner's lechem of Avedashitza that the piece of bread will come to his heart as he is enish, as he is weak, and he will it will sate him, it will give him uh, satisfaction and fullness. And it all came through avoid, through hard work. There's hard work when you plant, and you seed, and when you when you plow, and you seed, and you irrigate, and you harvest, and you prepare. There's hard work when you eat, and there's hard work when you digest. It's all processes, it's all work. Not only is it true that in tefillah, it's only through avoida, but it's true also in Torah and mitzvahs. It's only through avoida, even though God gives it to us. We have to exert ourselves. We have to effort ourselves. We have to work. Um, to make it ours, to become one with it. Shateda ba ayedei yigiyah dafka. Teda reaches a person through hard work. Vayedeis and once a person has mitzvahs, once a person has teda in Eretz Yisrael, which is the uh, idea of the involved aspects of davening, not the meidani, but the aspects of davening which involve work. Ayedeis and nasbachinus to shil and nefeshah bahamis. This engaging with God and godliness creates a form which is oiz, strength is never shall kiss and to shear that it weakens the animal soul and the Rebbe concludes just like a and mitzvah davening is the same idea but this doesn't include the meidani it's everything after meidani is through hard work yes one has to exert himself climbing the ladder to touch and to reach the level of the ladder which reaches into the heavens and to lift up to there even the lowest level of Oretz which is called Oretz with a hay the lowest level of Oretz is lifted up through Tefillah so if the Krizus Bris of Neach is parallel by Meidaani where Hashem is doing everything and we're simply submitting then the Krizus of Bris of Avraham is parallel by Davening in other words all the Davening past the Meidani, and the Rebbe also says it's, it's, it's of course, a day of Teda Mitzvah, where you work to come closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Even though the Eibishter has given us all the tools, and he's actually given us himself in the Teda and in the Mitzvah, you have to work in order to acquire it and make it our own. 
And that's the avoider of the Kisus Bis of Abraham. The avoider of the Kisus Bis of Neach is submission. The Abishta gives and I accept. And the avoider of the Kisus Bis of Avram is creating a personal relationship with HaKadosh Baruch An earned relationship with HaKadosh Baruch What about the Kisus Bis of Moshe? In avoider, Amdam. Gam kasher elai de avoider satfilo even when a person davens. And through his davening is able to ascend that bechinas ha-shamayma. Shamayim b'teis v'shei. The highest madrega of Shamayim. Nevertheless, whereas considering the fact that his avoidus Hashem is reasonable, it's personal, it's engaged, it's work, but it's a reasonable personal, a personal engaged effort at work. What I'm doing makes sense to me, and the way I'm doing it is reasonable. I'm developing a relationship with Hashem through my own efforts. One which is only to the root of the Nevraim and not higher. I know there's another word. You can reach a very high level. The greatest height you can reach is the limitations of what a creation is without Hashem's help. No creation, through its own efforts, can reach higher than its source. Like the famous Chazal, which is brought in some of the Maimonim, about Mayan Atim, that when you have water going downhill, it can only go back uphill as high as its source. So above the Karka Azara, there was a fountain, which was 22 Amis above the Karka Azara. So the water went down and was able to climb up 22 Amis and go into a mikveh in what's called, if I'm not mistaken, Lishkas Kengod, Lishkas Parhedrin. And that's an argument for the idea of you can only go back to Yishayda Shomaka, not higher. So the case of Bishop Avraham is the Tehro Mitzvah Hashem gives a year to allow them to go to their source and not higher. Now I want you to understand that in a lot of the Maimorim, they said that this whole business of going to Shadesh and Ibrahim and not higher is before Matantena. Once the Tehru was given, we had the Tehru Mitzvah. After Matantena, we were able to reach Atmos. Here, the Rebbe is using this form in relationship with us. The Tehru was given to us. Inasmuch as our relationship with Hashem is based on our learning Tehru and doing Mitzvahs, in other words, our davening and our efforting, exerting ourselves in the relationship with our Kaddish Baruch Hu, he says it's only a Chedesh and Evraim. So you have to say Pshat, a Chedesh and Evraim, doesn't mean the same Chedesh and Evraim like Kedem Matantera. This means Chedesh and Evraim after Matantera. In other words, even the way we reach Atzmas through our Tehru Mitzvahs, on some higher level, this is a limit. Because it's avoided that we're doing within the parameters of reason. To use Chasidish terminology, it's the Veda of Tzadik, it's not the Veda of Al-Chuva, that even though it reaches very, very high, it's still limited. And of course, I'm pointing this question out I don't know if my interpretation is correct. Says the Rabbi Ach, but there's a third level. And that is, Yashkam Avedah there's a level of Avedah Hashem which is above reason. And this corresponds to the Christian's bris of Moshe. Shehi Avedah Sashuvah, which is Avedah of Chuba. That's the three, third step. Step one, Hashem chooses us and we acknowledge. Step two, Hashem gives us Tehra Mitzvah and we work to make it our own. And we reach as high as we can reach as people. Using the Abish's tools to reach as high as we can. And tshuva is completely going beyond any limitations. And of course, tshuva is a koyak that the Eibishter gave us. But tshuva is a koyak that the Eibishter gave us, which is inside our neshama, which allows us to serve Hashem on a level which is even higher than Tehidu Mitzvahs. Tshuva is shini The phenomenon of tshuva is to change your substance, basically. Become a new person. Become a new person. And then, they should have been to Pedig Beis. But what do I know? 
And of course, there's many interpretations of the words of this Mishnah, in, even in Tanya, right? One hour of tshuva maizim tevim. The tshuva comes first, the maizim tevim comes second. And they're maizim tevim, either because they come after tshuva. But here the Rebbe says a very simple thing. Also classic and familiar. That Peter Shaw, who Yafa Shaw is better one hour, translates the Fidi Kerebbe, Lashnafana, one turn. Shaw Acha, Safana Achas. One hour, one turn. And the Rebbe says in Yiddish, Ein Ker. Shazel, this is Mashakei Yachvi Echelas Golachat Vechad Misol. from the power and the possibility of every single Jew. Lesader, to be awakened. Ulesapechen, to be changed over, to be transformed, to become new. Minakotzela cuts from one extreme to the next. In a level that's called Shiniamuhus, you become a brand new person. And that's what the word Shah means, you're turning. You're turning towards Hashem, but you're turning away from what you were before in a way that you're becoming somebody new. This also explains the work of Tshuva, the human avoider of Tshuva. Shahu, Ian, this is the concept of Hafana, Mimahuslam, was to turn away from whatever substance I was before to a new substance. Even if my substance before was considerable, was good, but I had some tiny thing which was wrong, Tshuva means I'm becoming a new Mahus. The nature of the change that happens when a person is doing tshuva is they're going out of a relationship with Hashem based on what they are asked, for lack of words, tzaddikim. Being about tshuva that even though they're still able to return to HaKadosh Baruch Hu because they have the possibility for an infinite service. And our ability to do tshuva is a gift from Hashem. Just like our ability to learn Teda and do mitzvahs is a gift from Hashem, so is Tshuva. The difference is that the gift of Teda and is a gift that's reasonable. Reasonable within the parameters of a lakus. It's a relationship with Hashem which is right and righteous for the righteous and the right. Tshuva is a relationship with Hashem which is based on a wrong for the sinners and therefore it exceeds all limits. When a person is doing Tshuva, he touches and he reaches higher than the root of the right. And this is Kisus Biz de Moshe. The avoid of the Kisus Biz de Moshe is the possibility to do Tshuva. I gave a class earlier today to the women. And I talked to them about the concept of Tshuva, which I find fascinating. Everybody does. And I observed, what's Tshuva? So first of all, you know the Rebbe brings in a number of letters and Sikhs that there are opinions that B'nai Neach, Goyim will keep Shava Mitzvahs. If they do one Aveda, there's no Tshuva for B'nai Meaning to say, you shouldn't take tshuva for granted. Tshuva is not just automatic. Tshuva works, like I Marmer says, because it's a krisis bris. Hashem wants it to work, so it works. And ultimately, what tshuva means, layidach menu nidach. Tshuva means what I called in the class this morning, melach uh, basade. Right? What is the meaning of the king is in the field? The king is in the field means he loves us. Period, unconditionally. It would be nice if we did tshuva. It would be nice if we were mentioned. But whether we do or don't, the melech is basada. The king is in the field. And this is unbelievably encouraging when you understand that our relationship with the Abish that is predicated on what? Not on what we do, not on how great we are, but on our hafti eschomam and avaya. Hashem loves us unconditionally. So it changes everything. It gives a brand new kayak. It puts us into a different space. So I told the women that I think that what makes tshuva special is the never giving up aspect. A person who's good at something He's a good learner, a good davner, a good yid. Obviously, he's going to continue doing it. But a yid who fails, especially if he fails often, why, should he, why shouldn't he quit? Why does he stay? Why does he persevere? And the answer is, because he perseveres because this is mine. Or I am his. I'm a good his. I'm a bad his. I'm his. So you never quit. That's what the Melech Basada gives above all else, that you never quit. 
And I was thinking, I don't know if this is true, obviously, but I was thinking, when it says in the Tatum Bashas Bolok, that the greatest thing that the Abish has in his world in his Chuvah, it's this. It's this attitude by a Jew that I may not be a good Jew, but this is mine and I don't quit. I think this is, this is what it is about Shuvah that we learn about that Hashem loves so much. The never quitting and the real source of this never quitting is Lamaila Mitamadas. Doesn't make sense. And he continues and he says, this explains the Pasuk by the But by the Yagim, it goes on Shuva, it says twice Havaya. And there's a separation between the two because they're based Dargis, they're two different levels of Shema Vaya. Shema Vaya is Tam, the regular Shema Vaya, which is Shema Vaya Latata, the Vaya, which is classic at Silos. Which is a vayin ain't safe and a lifniatimtzum, a level of godliness which has beyond absolutely no limits. Now you should know that it says in Samachvov and Usfartem that the psik time begavai between the lower havai and the higher havai is more similar to the Leipzig time begavai between the two Moshe's and the psik time between the Avram and Avram and the Yankov and the Yankov and the Neach Neach. And I don't want to be Maidech in it. But there's taka two levels. One is much higher and one is much lower. But they're not really fully separated because they're both Elokus. But be that as it may, when it says in the beginning of the Shleish Esrei Midas Arachamim, Hashem, Hashem, the fact that there are two, so the first one means regular Havaya, Memalak Alman, Atzilas, second means ain't safe. That that's where the Kech of Tshuva comes from. Or as he used the Lashem before, Lamaila Mishedish and Evraim. When a person does Tshuva, Nimshach Shem Avaydel El, they're accessing the higher Shem Avaya. Which is above the revelation of which is the lower Shema Vaya, like it says in the Apostle, we are the Shema Larsina. And because it only says Vaya once, it means Shema Vaya Sta. In other words, the one Havaya is connected to Tayra and the Covenant, which is Taka bringing godliness into worldliness, but it's a reasonable godliness being brought into worldliness in a reasonable way, which is how a Tzaddik or a Benyan he serves Hashem. You should know that I was preparing the Maim, and now that I'm teaching the Maim, it keeps flashing in my head. Maim, which is called the Frum of Eira, which the Rebbe said the first Vaira of his Nasiyas, Tafshin Yud Beis, Shabbos Barchim, Shvat, Tafshin Yud Beis, Pasha's Vaira, the Rebbe said the Maim is Vaira. And the Rebbe says that it says that it's a Bezid Rush, it's an angry Maim. I don't know exactly what's angry about the Maim. But the, the construct of the Maim is that the first half of the Maim talks about a person who's good, never since. A person who is good and ever since just stays in the middle of the road, doesn't have to do anything extreme, doesn't go beyond any limits, and he reaches But if you've messed up, you have to do tshuva, and that's much, much more difficult. And that's the challenge of this maimed, the from of Eira, that tshuva is not easy. But the from of Eira doesn't only say it's hard, the from of Eira also says it's possible. We've been given the koyach for tshuva, and that's the tai chavaya deliel. I don't even know myself why I'm mentioning it, but this maimed keeps flashing in my head as I'm teaching this. So I'm saying it out loud. By day, Yachuva through Chuva, Nimshech Shemavaydala, we bring down the higher Shemavaya, which is Lamaila Megillah Shemavaya Shemavaydala, which is higher than the regular Shemavaya, which is not the Tatar. Like it says in the pause that we are the Shemal Harsina, which is Avaya Stam, which is not the Tatar. And the Christian Prince of Avramavino, three lines from the bottom, but when it says twice Avaya, Vayikra, the Shema, the Shems, as I told you many times. One time Avaya means Atsilas, the second time Avaya makes the first time Avaya be Atsilas, and the second time means ain't safe. Shem Avaya which is the Pasuk in Ve'ed, also Shmi Avaya Deli'el in Edaiti Lehem, and it's been given to a Yid. And this is revealed idea. Tshuva, which is like the Kisar Prince of Meish. 
the higher Shem Avaya, which adds to Yiddishkeit an element which is above reason, comes uh, to us through Tshuva, which is the Kisis of Meishadabim. So the three Avoides that parallel the three Brises is the Avoid of us accepting what Hashem gives us, the Avoid of earning our relationship with Hashem, and the Avoid of being able to go past any limitations in our relationship with the Eibishter, and have an infinite relationship with the Eibishter which unfortunately is based on things that we need to correct. But the bottom line is our relationship is not reasonable, has an aspect of infinity, and this is the parallel of the Christmas Bris of Beishad Now, Now, that I explained to you, I decided as I'm teaching this to give the class, the Maimon in three classes rather than in two. So we're not going to continue with Sif Dalit, but in a significant way, this is the end of the first half of the Maimon. It explains the three Christmas Bris, Zichuk Kloli Ba'elam, Zichuk Prati Ba'elam, and Tshuva. And the creatures of Nayach, Avraham, and Moshe, respectively. Now, the Rebbe is going to ask a simple question. Why do you have to have a covenant? If the Abishta was purified the world, if the Abishta chose us, if the Abishta gave us a kayak for Tshuva, why does they have to give us a covenant for all of these three gifts in addition? In other words, the Rebbe is splitting it here now. And he's saying, if Hashem gave us these three gifts, why do we have to have a covenant on top of it? As I told you in my introduction, the answer is going to be the covenant means that he's in. He's in. Because all of these things don't work because of our efforts. Our efforts are by themselves nothing. It's his signing on that what we do should matter and that it's never going to change. This is the koyach that allows us for the meidani and for the tefillah and for the tshuva, which is the avayda equivalent of these three brises. Omnom adayin tzarech lahoven. The question remains outstanding. Why was it, or why is it, that after the Mabel, when Hashem did what the Mabel was meant to accomplish, and Noyach were a carbon, why was it necessary for Hashem to give him a covenant and a symbol for that it would be forever? Why is it that when Avram was chosen, Avram served Hashem, and Avram taught the whole world about Hashem, and brought Achs Hashem to the whole world, why was it still necessary that Hashem not only tell him that he's giving him the land, but he make a covenant along with it? Why was it that when Moshe Rabbeinu was given the gift of the Shleish and the promise for the idea of Tshuva, why was it not enough that Hashem gave these three promises, but each one had to come along with a Krisas Bris? And he explains why. Why is there a need for a covenant? That's the phenomena of a covenant. As I explained at the beginning of the first class, is an idea which is above reason. And he explains it very plainly, as I explained it to you. The example for this is Mishnei Ayavim, two lovers that love each other conditionally. They came together because they were in the same time, in the same place, with the same interest. And they want that their love should survive this proximity, this um, commonality, that even if they're in different times, different places, and a different interests, their love should be sustained. So, make a covenant. And the point of the covenant is, and the love should never be interrupted. For example, even when reasonably. The love should be interrupted because the love began based on a reasonable phenomena, based on the fact that they were in the same time, in the same place, with the same interest. 
So the av ahavatluya badava, there was a conditional love. Now they want to negotiate that even when those conditions that created the love are no longer, the love should be sustained. When the conditions reasonably require that not only should the love not continue, but they should have the opposite of love, they should begin to hate each other, Alpha became nevertheless. Because earlier they made this kind of a covenant, that love should be lasting forever. And of course, the classic illustration of a covenant, besides for the three that the Maimed is talking about, Hashem with Noach, Hashem with Avram, Hashem with Moshe, but in Tanakh, one of the great tragedies, as they would say in the world of literature, is the love of David and Yenison. It was so complicated. It was so counterintuitive. Yenison's father wanted to kill David HaMelech. Yenison's father wanted to kill David HaMelech in part so that Yenison should be free to succeed him as the king. Meaning Shaul's interest was not only his own, it was for his children and for the longevity of his family's dynasty. And Yenison has this completely super rational love for David HaMelech. Of course, it started out because he recognized that David HaMelech was in the right and that his father was in the wrong. He recognized that David HaMelech was an extraordinary man. Did he recognize David HaMelech was Mashiach Hashem? Probably not. But he had this intuitive sense that this is Emes. And he gave away, really, his family. He gave away his opportunity to be Melech Yisrael for this relationship. And ultimately it cost him his life. He was killed. The tragedy of David Yenison's relationship is that it never gets to play out. I, I, I use my imagination all the time. What would have happened if Yenison had not been killed? And David is appointed the king, and Yenison is his right-hand man. Let's call him the field marshal. How much balance there would have been in Malchus Yisrael, how much balance there would have been in Eretz Yisrael, and how much balance there would have been in the history of Am Yisrael. But Rabbis Machshavis Belavish Vatsas Hashem Hisakum, what happened was what was, was, was what was meant to happen. And the covenant did not bear the fruit that it could have borne because Hashem had other plans for whatever reasons. Again, in my imagination, a Mashiach comes, we'll have Ad David Higdil, they'll be David and Yenison together with the Milas of each and the Milas of both, and so forth and so on. But at the base of it all is the covenant that they made makes their bond between David and Yenison and David's children, Yenison's children forever. And this is an element which is above Seichel. That's the meaning of a covenant. What's the problem? is the question. We're talking about Hashem. Hashem's not a moody guy. And Hashem is not unpredictable. And Hashem's not going any place. The Mabel purified the world, generally, not the covenant. There already was the bringing down of Teira, which represents the ten spheres, which is connected to Avraham as well as the Amshacha bringing down thirteen attributes of mercy, which is connected to Meishar Abeinu. These three events are negotiated between Hashem and Noach, Avraham and Moshe for lack of words, on a reasonable level. He gave Noyach this because it was after the Mabel. He gave Avram Teirah because Avram Avinu was Mason Efesh Hashem And he gave Moshe Rabbeinu the gift of Tshuva because of the greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu. 
Why does Hashem then have to add a covenant to each of these? which adds a level which is above reason. If Hashem purifies the world and He promises Noach, now that the world is pure, it's going to stay, what does, it make, what does it make a covenant? You're talking about Hashem. In other words, it's reasonably sufficient that Hashem purified the world, or it's reasonable to assume that if Hashem purifies the world, He's going to leave it. And the same is true with the gift Hashem gave Avram, which is Teira, and the gift that Hashem gave Mesha, which is Tshuva. Why does each one have to come along with a Kriyas bris? And the Rebbe's answer is so startlingly simple, it's almost upsetting. It's common sense, as you all know, the famous adage, common sense is most uncommon. Ah, who the answer is a very simple one. The Hine. Creation is above reason. Not that it's hard to imagine Hashem creating a world. It's hard to imagine Hashem needing a world. What is it needed for? You cannot logically explain why God needs creation. In other words, from the little bit we understand about what Hashem is, and from the more we understand of what world is, and for the incredible disparity between what the little bit of God that we know and the great of the world that we know, it's so insignificant that you wonder why he did it. Why did he do it? And therefore the Rebbe makes a simple assertion. The entire creation is based on his desire to be kind. Now, the emphasis is not on the word chesed. The emphasis is on the word chafetz. Because chesed is a reasonable thing. Within the parameters of reason, one of the emotions is the leaning towards the right, kindness. But chafetz means desire. And the translation of desire and will in chesedus is that it is something which is beyond understanding. It's an expression of the very essence, kvayachol. But we're not trying to explain it. We're simply accepting that this is the metzius. So when Teirah says chafetz chesed, Teirah is telling us that this, you can't explain Hashem's interest in creation. You can only explain the interest in creation once you accept the chafetz. Now that he wants, so we know what he wants, and we can explain a lot about those wants, but all within the parameters of the acceptance that the fundamental basis for why all exists is above reason. That when the Ebishter thought about the creation, it was chesed yibona. And uh, this, of course, the, the Bar Mitzvah Maimer, chesed, chesed was created to create the world, or the world was created midas chesed. Hashem doesn't have a personality. Hashem doesn't have a nature. And therefore Hashem doesn't have a need. So when you say the chesed of Hashem is the basis for creation, it's not that his personality of kindness or his tendency towards kindness is motivating him. It's because of the rotsen. He's not compelled. The chesed is rooted in a chesed in a want, which means it's impossible to explain why. We can only explain what. And this explains why. When it comes to Hashem, also you have to have a covenant. Even though Hashem is not a liar, even, even though Hashem doesn't change His mind, and even though Hashem is here forever, if He gives these three gifts, that's not enough. Not it's not enough because He's going to lose interest. Not he's, there's not enough because he's going to change his mind. Or he's going to get angry. It's not enough because there's nothing to sustain it. 
the only reason he was mezachach haseilamei, and he gave the edis to Avraham Avinu, and he gave true to Meishar Rabbeinu, is on a level above reason. So the covenant is really the basis for all three relationships, for all three deals. None of them are reasonable. It's not that the Mabel purified the world and therefore it's reasonable that the world is going to be sustained. The Mabel purified the world and he made a covenant that the world would be sustained. Avram Avinu was mefasim aks Hashem ba'elam and Hashem made a covenant that his descendants are going to have the titus, not because of what Avram Avinu earned, because none of it is based on reason. So you always have to go back to the level of above reason. So in the final analysis, the credibility of the world and the credibility of the purpose of the world, and the credibility of Taita Mitzvah, and the credibility of the Jewish people, and the credibility of Chuva is the will of God. It's above reason. And the idea of the will of God that above reason is represented by the Kirisus Vahainu, in other words, Sheim, Hayesavos, Hashem created the world logically, reasonably alone. Which, of course, is very hard to explain. How could you give logic to a superlogical? Creator. But if creation really made sense, if the flood successfully purified the world, so logically the world was in a better place than it was prior to the Mabel, but that would explain logically the world should last, no need for a covenant. However, since in reality creation is not based on logic, but rather creation is based on Hashem's will. And the definition of will is that it's an atzn atzmi, which is completely beyond understanding of the wording of the Alter Rebbe of Ataivis, Ken Kashe, Shvesach, Sheikh, Hamudi, Sheish, Elam, Nishteke, Kadesh, Baruch, Libra, Esay, all the different expressions you have in the beginning in the Samach Vav. And now we discuss is what's called Pnimius Haratzen. That Pnimius Haratzen is an expression of Atmos, and it's by definition absolutely be of reason. And this will for kindness to set creation into order, into motion, happened only once. And the Rebbe says in Yiddish, and Ein Malik, it happened at the beginning of the creation. Even if the world has been purified, logic is not going to justify its sustenance. Logic is not going to justify that it should continue existing because creation is not based on logic. And therefore, a logical argument for the worth of creation in a particular time and place and circumstance is not going to justify its sustenance. Along with the purification of the world, there has to be a covenant that this world that I purified, I want, of Neach. Only because there's a covenant. And the world is sustained. So that's every interruption day or night. And the Rebbe continues number 12, which is near the bottom of page Just like in the three covenants of Neach, Abraham, and Moshe, the credibility of these covenants is not the purification of the world, the goodness of Avraham Avinu, or the sacrifice of Beishar Avinu. But the covenant that Hashem invested in these three, the same is true when we talk about the, the, the Avoida parallel, right? That the Kisitzbis of Noach is the idea of Maidani. The Kisitzbis of Avraham is the idea of davening. The same is true when a Jew 
He wakes up in the morning before he has the chance to think he submits to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, which is bedug which is the equivalent of Neich's covenant. Meaning, because he's a Jew, and his guf lahavdal is different than the guf of a nanya. He wakes up in the morning, he's able to have a zichol kloli, which is represented by the submission of Meidani. Says the Rebbe Kedai Shaido the Meidani, in order that this submission of Meidani. He do a clawless bulvada to simple basic submission because it's a dying lifting into us time bechasashacha that I've said before to find us time bechasashacha, which is equivalent to the zichoch oilam aderachal of the mabul. Says the Rebbe in order for a tifo shetir rabbe munasecha to influence. Remember before we spoke about bechemla rabbe munasecha, which affects two things: ribi be'amuna and amshacha be'elam. Much trustworthiness, much reliability, and bringing godliness into the world. Says the Rebbe, We didn't bring it through our submission. Because in order for our submission to touch him, it has to either make sense or he has to choose. And since it doesn't make sense, there has to be a choice. And that choice is the Krisus Bris. Since creation vis a vis creator is fundamentally not based on reason, the security of the purpose of creation can't be based on reason, it has to be based on above reason, which is what the covenant is. Covenant is. The second covenant, which is connected to Tefillah and to Tehillah. To be a bond. And a tying together of Creator and creation, as the Rebbe described before, that Avramavinu Tehillah and Mitzvah accomplishes. It brings God and world together in an effective and a lasting way. It's not because of the greatness of Avram Avinu and his efforts. It's not because we're repeating in a tiny way what Avram Avinu did, but because there's a covenant. Nothing we do has any relativism, any proximity, any closeness to our Kaddish Baruch Hu at all. In order for there to be in reality a oneness between Teira and Hashem and a Yid, Chad Ein Zach Mamish, it doesn't happen because we earn it, it doesn't happen because somehow logically it makes sense, but rather there's an element of higher than Seichel, which is what the covenant is. Even though Tshuva is above reason, here the Rebbe is going to use some very interesting ideas, which are frustrating for people who have studied the Rebbe's Teira on Tshuva. The Rebbe is going to say even tshuva has an indirect relationship with seichel. Even the service above reason, reason motivates higher than reason. Logically, it makes sense that Hashem should connect to us even on a level that we don't we don't deserve it. He's going to hold on to us. When a person contemplates reasonably. It makes sense to the human being logically that my reasonable service by itself is limited. It makes sense to me that I should do things beyond what sense is. Moreover, even when a Jew does tshuva, and tshuva is considered higher than reason, which is considered an infinity, says the Rebbe, it's not truly infinite. We're not capable of truly infinity. It's only personal infinity. It's above the reason of that particular person. It's limited. Right? The classic idea which is found in Hasidus. That when it says in the post, it's translated your personal infinity. And what's infinite to one is finite to another. 
Shamasha etzle, who bebchin is bligable, to me it's infinite, hini etzel misha lamayla mi menu, to somebody else, reza dayin bebchin is gul, it's still limited. Chanushadiluk shalei zainsprung, my personal leap, shaitzim imhusei, hani metam adas shalei, my limitation in mishu bar das. Umeven, umasik bechachem, godly yes, a person has das, havona, sogen, chachmamor, it's bebchin is gul. So tshuva, which is above reason for two reasons, is related to reason A. It makes sense to do tshuva. And B, the infinity isn't a true infinity. The reason, which brings about the excitement. And the excitement of tshuva itself, it's still ultimately b'bechinah's gavul. Of course, compared to the infinity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's certainly limited. V'lachain says, the Rebbe, therefore, even when a Yid is doing tshuva, which means he's giving himself away to Hashem recklessly. On which should reciprocate from Hashem, that Hashem should give back to him from the Abishta's angle, what's considered a recklessness. Says the Rebbe, my infinity should cause the reciprocity of the divine infinity, because it's not, it's not the same thing. Hashem's infinity is true infinity, and our infinity is a personal infinity. And therefore, you have to have a covenant. So you have to have a covenant because that's the credibility of it. We're doing many things. And we explain them. That's what Teda is, right? The famous expression in the Gemara is, Teda hiva luma dani It's Teda I want to understand. So we're studying it. We're trying to understand it. As we study it, and we try to understand it, we understand that by itself it can't have a kiyum. Its kiyum is that Hashem wants it to happen. And that's the Kriyas bris. I want to observe that Hashem makes three covenants for three things. The very fact that He's making three covenants for three things means that even the covenants have some kind of an association with reason because if the covenant is a true infinity, there would only be one of it. Now the reason I'm saying this is, first of all, to be a pain in the neck, which is a, a minig, <laughs> to be to add something provocative, but it's also to set up what this maimit is about. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this in conclusion now, and I'll start the third class on this maimit with the same thing. I had an opportunity to look up the Tafresh Nadal, the Rebbe Rashab's maimit, which is the source of this maimit. That maimit has a lot more material than this maimit has. Only a small piece of it, or a, or a piece of it, that's not so small, is in this maimit. But he speaks only about the three Bidisas. Neach Avram Moshe. There's no reference at all to Rosh Hashanah. And there's no reference at all to the Krisis Bris of Rosh Hashanah. So this is either from a different Maimir from some Rebbe, from the Tzemach Tzedek or whoever, or it's the Rebbe's original. I'd like to say that this is the Rebbe's original. And what the Rebbe is saying is that there's a fourth Bris. And this fourth Bris, which is really the first Bris, is the foundation of the three Brises. And in the famous Lashon Harav, that the Rebbe was so often used by the Fabrengenishin, 